We're taking you today to a small island in the Pacific, an island which has been almost impossible to access from the outside, not for geographical or climatic reasons, but because it's been the stronghold of one of the most violent terrorist movements in the world. Born in the 1990s, Abu Sayyaf. This is the island of Holo, one of the most southernmost points of the Philippines archipelago. Assassinations, kidnappings, piracy, extortion, and the group's favourite method of execution, beheading with a sword. Abu Sayyaf claiming the creation of an Islamist state in the south of the Philippines. In France, the island came to prominence in the year 2000 with the kidnapping of a group of 20 tourists, two of whom were French. They were seized in Malaysia and then taken to Holo, where videos of them were released speaking under duress. Uh, I appeal to our country, to our countries, to, to send the UN forces between those and the, and the, and the military of the, the, the Philippines. I appeal to the president of the Philippines. The problems of this region will not be solved by military action or by violence. Well, even journalists who went to report on events were, in turn, themselves captured. Negotiations lasted several months before they were released. Today, though, after 30 years of fighting with the Philippine army, Abu Saif is close to extinction, his last members entrenched, hiding in the jungle and mountains. Well, the army claims to have secured the island and has set up a programme to help Abu Saif's repentant members reintegrate. The island has begun to find peace and is dreaming of even becoming a holiday destination. Well, Constantin Simon, Alexi Breger, Sherbian Dacalagno and Aruna Popuri revisit Hollow for France 24. These idyllic islands are haunted by a demon with the face of a child. Sami was 10 years old when he was recruited by the militant Islamist separatist group Abu Sayyaf. He spent six years inside one of the group's most violent gangs. I was in charge of guarding a pregnant hostage. I took care of her because I felt sorry for her. Her mother said that she was too poor to pay the ransom, even if they threatened to kill her. After a while, they decided to beat her to death. They punched her, stamped on her. She looked up at me, pleading with her eyes, but I, I couldn't face her. They ended up blindfolding. And decapitating her. Ten days before we met him, Sammy's wife died from complications arising from a home birth. Their daughter had also died from an illness. When my wife was pregnant, 
I was so happy and so excited about becoming a father. I cry often because I feel that this happened because of the things that I did. An Islamist insurrection has left more than 100,000 people dead in the southern Philippines since the 1970s. These islands, near the border with Malaysia and Indonesia, have been at the centre of the fighting involving Islamists in a predominantly Catholic country. Since the 1990s, a radical faction called Abu Sayyaf has carried out atrocities, including bombing a plane and a ferry. Originally linked to Al-Qaeda, it made Holo, an island of half a million people, its unofficial capital. Good morning! These volunteers from neighbouring islands have brought food and gifts for children living in remote villages in Holo. They're on a rare mission and accompanied by soldiers. Um, because of them, we are uh, confident. Without them, I don't know. We're not that brave enough to come to Sulu without them. Aid workers and journalists have traditionally been abduction targets when they go to Holo. We were accompanied by soldiers throughout our visit. This doctor is the head of the volunteer group. When I was first assigned here, it was chaos. The area where we're going, well, soldiers couldn't go there at that time. If we had gone there, there would have been an armed encounter. This jungle has been controlled by Abu Sayyaf extremists for more than 20 years. In the early 2000s, more than a thousand of their members fought to establish an Islamic state in the southern Philippines. Today, Fewer than a hundred fighters are hiding out in the jungle. They no longer use violence, according to army officials. After years of fighting in this remote valley, the authorities have declared victory over Abu Sayyaf. Roads have been built. They're muddy, but they're a big improvement on the rough paths they replaced. This captain, who grew up in Saudi Arabia, has been in charge of the valley for two years, a Christian in a Muslim-dominated region. So we're pushing it to, um, to help the horsepower with our manpower. <laughs> These people used to provide money, they used to provide intelligence to the Abu Sayyaf group. But right now, people are back in helping government forces. We're not just winning the battle. We're also winning the war, and uh, we're winning it with these people around us. We leave the volunteers and follow Villarosa, who is trying to create a lasting peace by building bridges between the army and the local population. We are also the school bus of some of the students here. In 2020, the last time the area experienced violence, 11 soldiers were killed in this village. More than a decade ago, half of the 150 residents had fled, and others, like the 54-year-old village head, 
stayed on and lived in fear of the insurgents. Before, most houses had this kind of barricade. It's our protection against Abu Saif group. If we were raided by them, if there was crossfire from snipers, this was our defence. It was scary here, because every time they came, the men would come here, while women and children would hide inside the mosque. We've only had peace a few months, so I keep it here so I'm ready. Three months ago, people who had fled started returning to their homes. Government grants of 350 euros per household have funded repairs to 35 houses. Most of the villagers say they opposed the jihadists during their reign of terror, but Villa Rossa is skeptical. Abu Sayyaf had an Islamist ideology, but it exploited poverty to win support from local people. Um, these people here have been recruited due to mostly because of socio-economic factors. So when the Abu Sayyaf robs to the tune of 50 million, once they have the ransom, they give out those money to these very, very vulnerable people. In return, these people will protect them because the Abu Sayyaf is providing their basic needs. So that's what we call the Robin Hood concept. What the government has been doing is to counter that concept by being the greater Robin Hood, restarting education, we're improving their livelihood, we're providing roads. The army has prioritized winning over the population and convincing the jihadists to give up their arms. Its main weapon is education. There was no school in this village for 21 years. Today, 120 children study there. At the weekend, parents come to learn, including this man, a 50-year-old former Abu Sayyaf fighter. I'm ashamed that I don't know how to read or write. I don't even know the letters, and I have difficulty pronouncing the words. <laughs> when I was in Abu Sayyaf, almost none of the fighters were able to read. Sometimes they held Quran study classes, but I wasn't interested. Rado says he was forced to join the terrorist group after finding himself among the jihadists during a clash with soldiers. He spent 23 years in the jungle attempting to evade the army. We were walking from first thing in the morning. If it was raining, mud got everywhere and it was difficult to move forward. We were always evading capture and we couldn't live with our wives and children. That was my life, but I don't want it anymore. Today, the authorities have given him a machine that enables him to make rope out of these wild plants. Villarosa tries to stay in touch with Rado and the five other village returnees, even having lunch with his former enemies. We always ate half-cooked rice and raw vegetables. The only way to give them some flavor was to add salt. 
Eating instant noodles was a real luxury. Just that was a special treat. Rado is keen to portray himself as a victim, even though the full picture is more complicated. He belonged to Abu Sayyaf, which extorted millions of dollars from the families of its abduction victims, turning what began as a political movement into a criminal organization. In the area that was under our control, hostages would be brought and held by other groups, mainly local hostages, but also Filipinos from other regions, foreigners, people from Malaysia and even Americans. We couldn't keep the hostages in one place, they had to be moved constantly. American is a generic term used to describe all Caucasians here. Abu Sayyaf's members kidnapped holidaymakers from beaches in neighboring countries, unleashing a wave of terror across the entire region and damaging the Philippine tourist industry. Having gained notoriety, the group pledged its allegiance to Islamic State in 2014. At one point, we had foreign fighters with us, Arabs who prayed five times a day. They were committed to fighting and dying for the cause. There was also one female fighter in a hijab. Some of them were teenagers. Rado's dream is to send his children to work in Saudi Arabia. In Holo, the island's capital, the kidnappings have stopped. The soldiers are still on alert, but for most residents, the dark days are over. But one community is still on edge. Most Filipinos are Christians, but they make up just 1% of the population of Holo. In January 2019, Suicide bombers attacked a cathedral during Sunday Mass, killing 23 people and injuring more than 100 others. Greatest fright and fear is another, another bombing. We can go out, but we are still accompanied by military. When you go to the market, you do not wear this. They're just anywhere, and they're just uh, waiting as if you're a prey. We are becoming little in number. So Christians here, sometimes they don't attend mass already because they don't feel safe. Back in the jungle, the children of war volunteers have reached the remote village. <laughs> About 500 children in areas formerly under the control of Abu Sayyaf will benefit from this aid. A welcome change for communities that once lived among fundamentalism and poverty. Captain Villarosa and his men were also present on this occasion in more festive uniforms. A brigadier general has also come to the event. It feels great 
to see these children here, knowing that these children are no longer holding guns, if you really want peace, you should start with the children. That came from Mahatma Gandhi. Will peace last in hollow? The authorities are convinced it will. Last September, the Marine Corps leading the fight against Abu Sayyaf withdrew from the region. Army officials now dream of a hollow that welcomes tourists. They've even come up with a slogan, hollow, from terrorism to tourism. That might happen, but first the fragile peace here will have to be a lasting one. Constantin Simon, Alexis Breger, Sherbian Dacalano, and Aruna Popery revisiting Holo of France 24. Well, that's all for this week's edition. You can catch it and the previous editions on our website at france24.com. More news shortly. Thanks for watching. <laughs>